Good morning, good morning. We welcome you here to Roanoke-Salem Missionary Baptist Church. We are located in Garysburg, North Carolina, which is in beautiful Northampton County. And we are so glad that you're with us again today on this second Sunday morning in the month of July uh, 2020. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to uh, pause and just spend a few minutes in the word of the Lord with us. I'd certainly like to thank uh, Mr. Derek Buffalo and Miss April Allen and uh, Deacon Woodrow Hardy, we call him Sonny, for being here to, with me this morning uh, to make sure that this word goes forth. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to preach and teach your word. Use me, Holy Spirit, as you will. And I pray that this word will encourage the hearts of those who are saved to stay in right fellowship with you. And for those who may not be saved, I pray this word may convict them to confess their sins and give their lives to you so that they can also have access to all the fullness of the blessings and the promises of your word for all humanity. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. This morning, I'm going to go quickly to the 31st Psalm, going to Psalm 31, and we're going to look just at the uh, 24th division. Some people say you can't use the word verse with Psalms, and you know we're not going to get hung up on all that, but uh, Psalm 31 and the 24th verse or the 24th division, if you will. This is what it says, and this morning I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. It says, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. And just for a few minutes, I want us to reason together from this thought. Don't let circumstances change your mind. Don't let circumstances change your mind. Um, you don't have to be a news junkie, somebody who watches news all the time. You don't have to be like that to know that um, the coronavirus is still alive and well in America and around the world, and, and especially in this country. Um, some of our fellow neighbors, fellow countries, seem to have gotten a hold on stopping or slowing uh, the spread of COVID-19, which is the other name for the coronavirus. Uh, but here in the United States, we seem to be experiencing a steady, a steady increase uh, in COVID-19 cases. More than half the states, more than half of the 50 states here are reporting increases of various kinds in corona cases. Now, there are a lot of people uh, talking about why our positive Cases are rising and a lot of people talking about who's to blame for the increase. But I'm not here to talk about that today. That, that's a discussion for another time. I want to say to the body of Christ that as we look at what's happening all around us, we must not allow these current circumstances to change our minds about putting our trust in Jesus Christ. Say that again. As we look at what's going on all around us, not only the coronavirus, we still have uh, the political unrest as we as a nation hopefully 
are moving towards a change to end uh, social injustice and racism. And then, of course, our economy is just completely, completely in shambles in terms of uh, the job opportunities in particular, more and more and more people filing for unemployment. And then, of course, all of these things affect us where we live. So as we look at and as as we live through all of these circumstances around us, I'm saying this morning to the body of Christ very clearly, and I'm saying to others who may not be saved, and hopefully you get saved, we cannot let the circumstances around us change our minds about putting our trust in Jesus Christ. As I said before, I I absolutely do believe that Jesus allowed COVID-19 to come into this world, and I believe he's using it to remind all humanity that we need to trust and obey him. Now, I really believe Jesus, because nothing happens other than something he, he creates it, he initiates it, or he allows it. And I think he has allowed this to get our attention, to put our trust and confidence in him. But I do not believe that Jesus is using COVID-19 to punish humanity. I just can't bring myself to come to that kind of thinking because I think about even with all the stain and the stink, spiritually speaking, the spiritual stink of our collective sins as human beings, Jesus Christ is still so gracious and so merciful to all of us. Even with all we've been doing collectively as human beings for years and years and years and years, going back to after our foreparents first disobeyed the Lord and brought sin into the world, he has still shown us such grace and mercy. So I don't believe he's using COVID-19 to try to punish us. If, If the Lord Jesus wanted to punish us for our daily sins, he could have created a virus that was so powerful that if anybody got it, it would mean certain death. In other words, it wouldn't be like COVID-19. Some people get it, and because of a lot of different circumstances, we've lost uh, over 150-so million people, or some high number like that, just, not million, I'm sorry, 150,000 folks just in this country alone, over 150,000 or somewhere in that range, just in the United States alone. But there are many, many more people who get the virus, and they do recover. If Jesus was trying to punish us, he would have created something or allowed something that there would be no return from. Once you got it, it meant certain death. There would never be a vaccine or the possibility of a cure. So I don't believe he's using this to punish us. And he would be completely justified to punish us because all around the world, we as humanity, we've chosen to reject him. Amen. But the gospel of St. John, chapter 3, verse 17, tells us that God the Father sent Jesus to save the world. That means to save humanity and not to condemn the world. I'm convinced that the body of Christ has to look past the raw numbers of COVID-19 infections and death and continue to look to the one, the only one, who can bring an end to all the problems that are being caused right now by this pandemic. I don't mean Christians shouldn't care about what happens to our fellow human beings. Of course we are. Jesus tells us that everybody around us is our neighbor. 
whether they, they don't have to be blood relatives. We are to be concerned about all human beings. And he made it clear that we are to love and be more concerned about our neighbor's well-being, even sometimes more than we're concerned about ourselves. So, so as, as Christians, we've got to do our part to help fight this pandemic. Most medical and environmental health experts agree that everybody, and I mean everybody, should be practicing what they call the three W's. The three W's are wearing a mask, waiting at least six feet between you and somebody else, and then washing our hands. Those are the three W's, wearing a mask, waiting, if, if you're in line or somewhere in the public space, waiting at least six feet, having a six feet uh, distance. They say wait and keep that six feet distance between you and somebody else. And the third W is washing your hands often, uh, especially after you've been around people and been in public places. And, and most of the experts agree that if most people would comply with the three W's, there would be a dramatic decrease in the number of COVID-19 infections and death. But human beings being like we are, we, we, we like to hold, have our own way. Uh, and, and it's been that way since Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and it's only gotten worse as time has passed. How many of us have heard somebody, maybe even our own family members and close friends, say something like this? It's my right not to wear a mask if I don't want to. Uh, the governor or the mayor can't force me to wear a mask if I don't want to. Uh, so what's really sad is that a lot of the people saying that are supposed to be Christians. Amen. We've got brothers and sisters in Christ who've taken that attitude because they try to shield it and frame it as if the government is imposing upon their religious freedoms. That's not what it is. And all those men and women of God, especially those who have large worldwide platforms, I hope the Holy Spirit one day convicts you of ever saying such foolishness on TV, national television, and around the world, because you know that's not what the deal is. It'd be one thing if there were restrictions put in place for the specific purpose of keeping us from worshiping our God. Those restrictions were never about that. They've always been about trying to have a period of time to try to slow the pandemic and keep people safe. And, and, the, and the irony is that some of the same people who were just so adamant about never closing the churches, now churches have been reopened, and all around the country, we're getting reports of different churches that have reopened as soon as they could legally, and now folks are getting sick all over again. And that's not my opinion. That's facts that are being reported. So, you know, we pick and choose as Christians sometimes what we want to obey in terms of our leaders. We, we read the scriptures all the time saying, oh, oh, we're supposed to submit to the authority of the government, but then we feel we can pick and choose which types of things we submit to. And sometimes there's nothing else more than just who, what party the governor or the mayor happens to belong to uh, when something like this comes along. But we, we got to stop doing that. So it's, it's sad that we as Christians are some of the same folks out here, you know, pushing back against wearing masks, which could help slow the spread of the disease and save lives. In other words, these people, no matter who they are, they don't care about the possibility of putting somebody else's health or life at risk. The only thing they seem to care about is exercising their rights to do whatever they please. 
But I'm saying to all Christians this morning, if you truly have the love of Jesus Christ in your spiritual heart, you should comply with the three W's because you would not want to risk even the possibility of putting anybody's health and life at risk. The Apostle Paul once said that there are lots of things that he had the legal right to do, even as a Christian. But that didn't mean that it was morally right for him to do those things. Amen now. Paul said, there's a lot of leeway I have in Christ. Not only just the law, even in Christ, I have a lot of leeway to do a lot of things. But they're not all the right thing for me to do. Please think about and pray about that the next time you decide that you're going to defy a simple, reasonable request that might save a life during this pandemic. Let me hurry on and conclude this message. Even if the circumstances continue to get worse during this pandemic, I'm pleading with the body of Christ, don't let circumstances change your mind. Continue to have faith. That means continue to trust in Jesus Christ and do your very best to obey his commands in every area of your life. If you do these two things, God will take care of you. He will make a way out of no way. He will do the impossible. He will open doors that no man can close. He will close doors in your life that need to be closed that no man will be able to reopen. Yes, we should continue praying that Jesus will protect and provide for every human being. We're obligated to do that. But Jesus also gives every human being the right. He gives us the right to not trust and obey him. Amen. Jesus himself gives us the right to not trust him and not to obey him. Jesus has never asked his disciples, that's you and me, those of us who are saved, he has never asked us to try to force anybody to make him their Lord and Savior. One of the things I've often heard um, say people say about Christians are, we're so pushy and we're so aggressive, and, and, and all those things, and some of us can be, that's true. But those who are true followers of the Lord Jesus know he never forced himself on anybody, and he's never asked us, nor does he expect us to force him on anybody. All he asks us to do is be a living, uh, true representative of him, share his love, share his truth, and let people decide for themselves. So we're going to continue to pray for folks that, that, that they will come to know him. But at the same time, no need for us to get mad and upset and lose sleep and be angry when people choose to reject them. Folks have been rejecting Jesus since the beginning of time, and they're going to continue to reject Jesus Christ. Amen. God's love, his peace, his grace, his mercy, his provision, and his protection are available to everybody who will submit to his authority. During this pandemic, the problem for a lot of people is not that they have no one to help them. The problem for a lot of people is they don't want to ask for help from the only one who is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what they can ask or think. That's the problem for most people. They're not willing to humble themselves and ask for help from the only one who can do exceeding abundantly more than they can ask or think. It's a sad but true fact. Untold numbers 
of people will continue to suffer now and into eternity because they reject Jesus Christ. But they have the right to do so. They absolutely have the right to reject Jesus. If you're a saved disciple of Jesus Christ, let me tell you why you need to keep trusting and obeying him. No matter what's happening in the circumstances around you. Psalm 31, 24 has three statements of hope. Let me go through them really quickly. Statement number one says, be of good courage. That simply means be strong in our faith in Jesus. Philippians 4, chapter 6 tells us that the body of Christ should not be anxious for anything. We don't have to worry about anything. But instead, we should ask the Lord for what we want in prayer and give him thanks. Now, I'm paraphrasing what Philippians 4 and 6 say. Some of you all know it, got it in your memory. I'm paraphrasing it. But the gist of it is we don't have to be worried about anything, but by prayer, uh, with supplication, with thanksgiving, make our request known to the Lord. We ask him for what we want in prayer uh, and lay it before him. Be very specific about it and give thanks to the Lord always. So number one in, in Psalm of 20, 31, 24, that first statement of hope is be of good courage. Be strong in your faith in Jesus. The second statement there is, and he shall strengthen your heart. That means the Lord will give us confidence to trust him. Man, that's powerful. The Lord himself will give us confidence to trust him. Proverbs 3, 26 says, for the Lord will be your confidence. Amen. And the Lord will keep your foot from being caught. So the Lord will, for the Lord will be your confidence. He is our confidence. He will give us confidence and he's going to keep our foot from being caught. That simply means he's not going to let us fall. He's not going to let us uh, fall down and, and not pull us back up. He's going to protect us. He's going to provide. He's going to do whatever he needs to do to keep us uh, um, not only standing straight and walking forward, but empower and enable us to be a blessing to others. Why? Because we trust him. And then that third statement from thir uh, Psalm 31, 24 is all you who hope in the Lord. This statement is very important because it clearly states that the only people who have hope in the Lord uh, can receive his help saved or unsaved. I got to explain that. Only people who have hope in the Lord can uh, receive his help, whether you're saved or unsaved. Some of you all may say, well, how can an unsaved person or why would an unsaved person have hope in the Lord? Well, every one of us before we got saved, we were unsaved. And the way we got saved is we, we, we said what we call the sinner's prayer. We confessed our sins to Jesus Christ and asked him to be our personal savior. Where when we did that, we had to have hope. We had to have hope that what we were saying was going to work. He told us to do it. We had to, but we had to believe that if we confessed our sins in him, and ask him to be our Lord and Savior. Ask for his forgiveness and ask him to be our Lord and Savior. We had to have hope that he would, in fact, honor that. You know that I've said before the word hope, when it's used in a spiritual uh, connotation, it means to have confident expectation that God will do whatever he says 
he's going to do or he's going to do whatever we're believing him to do. Amen. Hebrews 6 and 19 says the hope we have as an anchor of the this, it says this. I'm sorry. It says this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil. Hebrews 6 and 19 says this hope we have as an anchor of the soul says that that hope that that confident expectation is both sure and steadfast. Amen. So let me read those three statements again. Be of good courage. Be strong in your faith in Jesus and he shall strengthen your heart. The Lord will give you confidence. All you who hope in the Lord. That means that the Lord himself will strengthen the heart of and come to the aid of anybody who puts their hope in him. With these three statements, I believe the psalmist is encouraging Christians to not let circumstances change our minds. The rules of popular culture may change, and Lord knows they change almost every day. Seasons may change. People may change. But God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit does not change. If we have faith in Jesus Christ, our circumstances should never determine how we react in faith. Our faith should always determine how we react to our circumstances. Amen now. If we have faith in Jesus Christ, our circumstances should never determine how we react in faith. It is our faith that should always determine how we react to our circumstances. As I close, I, I urge you to apply the lessons of this message to every area of your life, in your personal relationships, your health, uh, your finances, employment or business opportunities, in your political views, in your social points of views. Don't let circumstances change your mind. Don't let the circumstances going on around us change our minds about loving the Lord Jesus, about trusting him, obeying him, and serving him as best we can. Don't let circumstances change your mind. Stay with my favorite scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, and 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding in all your ways in every area of your life. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord Jesus, and he shall direct your paths. Verse 7 says, be not wise in your own eyes, but fear the Lord Jesus Christ. Reverence him, respect him, and obey him. Fear, fear the Lord and depart from evil. We've got to stop sinning. It ain't always easy, but we can do it. And if we ask the Holy Spirit living inside of us to help us break some chains of sins in our life, he will do it. But we got to ask him. And then we have hope that he will. That, that confident expectation that whatever it is, the Lord Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will set us free from those things. Jesus Christ himself went to the cross without letting the circumstances change his mind. When he was in Pilate's judgment hall, falsely accused. When he went to Herod's judgment hall, falsely accused, lied on. When he was spat on, when, when, when the hair was pulled out of his chin, when they put a crown of, of thorns on his head, blood came out of his scalp. 
when they slapped him, spit on him, when they took him outside, beat him almost to death, beat him so badly that you could see uh, the ribs in his back because his skin had been beaten away. When he was carrying that 200, 300-pound cross up Galgutha's rugged hill, all that time, all these things happening, and Jesus could have at any point in time stopped it all, but he did not let his circumstances change his mind. Why? Because his mind was determined to get up on that cross. His mind was determined to die for you and me. His mind was determined that he would become sin so that you and I wouldn't have to suffer into eternity for the penalty of our sins that we rightfully deserve. His mind was determined to stay there in that borrowed tomb all Friday afternoon and Friday night. His mind was determined to stay in that borrowed tomb all day Saturday and Saturday night. And his mind was determined that early on that Sunday morning, he was going to get up. And he did get up with all power entrusted in him. In heaven, on earth, the Bible says even under the earth, God the Father gave Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, all the power, all the knowledge, all the wisdom, all the authority that exists everywhere. And because of that, when we submit ourselves to him, and we go into a relationship with him, we have access to all of it. We don't have to worry about anything. We just have to trust Jesus for everything. Trust and obey him. Don't let the circumstances around you, around us right now, change our minds about trusting, about loving, trusting, and doing our best to obey Jesus Christ, especially now. Body of Christ, the world needs to see us stand up and stand out for Jesus and more people will get saved. If you are unsaved this morning and you want to be saved, the Holy Spirit has convicted you. It's time for you to stop living your way and start living Jesus' way. Please pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Please forgive me for my sins. I ask you now to be my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that you did rise from the grave. You are the Son of the living God. And I thank you now for forgiving me for my sins. In your name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, you are now saved. You are part of the body of Christ. And you now have full access to all the blessings, all the favor, all the promises of God, both on this side of eternity and in the life to come. And one of the things that now God wants you to do, and he expects you to do, is to do your best to live a life that pleases him so that you can be a blessing to people around you who need to be blessed. Thank you for your time on this morning. I'll give the benediction. And now may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit, rest, ruin, abide with us henceforth and forevermore. Amen.